This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, it's Jimmy out along with Paul Stone at Paul Stone Sports. That's right, that means it's college football season. We are getting ready. As uh, we turn the page for a little NHL, NBA, and uh, get ready for the fall season uh, again here on the Sports Betters Paradise YouTube channel. Paul, how's it been? Uh, a lot of your research is underway. You've got a, you've made a lot of bets already, but uh, this season, well, of course, we'll talk about the transfer portal and the battle of trying to uh, kind of uh, identify the different rosters around the country. But uh, anything different from this season's off-season research as opposed to others? You know, not really, Jimmy. Um, I guess you can't treat, uh, teach an old dog new tricks, so to speak. But the, the volume of work, as you mentioned, the transfer portal uh, makes the volume of work for the serious uh, college football handicapper that much more extensive. I mean, the roster turnover is never changing. Um, and that's what it's all about. You know, I'm a fundamental handicapper. I'm looking at personnel and there, there's so much turnover on, on basically uh, every team. So your, your power rankings uh, can vary immensely from one season's end to the next season's beginning. Uh, and it's just a, uh, you know, again, it's just more intense. It's more, uh, more in-depth and more time-consuming. But it, it's a labor of love. So uh, good to be here uh, less than two months away from the kickoff of another uh, college football season. And, and not just the straight picks, but the, uh, the, the the research that we'll share with you. We kind of uh, sort of a Cliff's Notes version. We're going to highlight and try and share with you, you know, the different, uh, the important uh, aspects of our uh, research in the offseason to kind of uh, just – just help you along and kind of help shape you what to expect uh, in your handicapping for the football season. We got four win totals to look at of today from Paul. And, you know, we're going to talk about what, what I think is different this year. You do, you are, um, we do see a couple of conferences where you're seeing significant, um, significant uh, movement uh, with different teams, especially in American and the big 12 uh, conference USA. We could talk about those in just a little bit, but also, uh, the two games that you have picks on, boy, it's an epidemic in college football. There aren't a whole lot of good non-conference quality matchups. But Paul, who is uh, does not shy away from the obscure ones, he's going straight to the big boys. Let's start off on the five-day extended opening weekend for college football. That's Labor Day weekend. And Sunday night, the primetime standalone game is a good one. Battle of top ten teams, maybe top five at some point, maybe in the preseason polls. But LSU looking for a little revenge. Minus three. It opened up around a picket, but bet up to minus three against Florida State. This is the second half of a home and home somewhat last year in the Superdome. Although, and I was wrong on this, they split the tickets 50-50. And trust me, in the Superdome, it was 50-50 LSU and Florida State fans. We expect the same in Orlando as they split the tickets again. 
both uh, – and this is a common theme in college football. I think that, you know, with the, the COVID year and the extra year of eligibility, but a lot of productive returning starting quarterbacks in college football. I think a little bit more than usual. Jordan Travis, wow, man, it's great to have him back. 3,200 yards, 24 TDs, and five interceptions. And Jaden Daniels with 29-13 yards, 17 touchdowns, and only three interceptions, throwing a near 911 TDs with his legs as well. Revenge here for Brian Kelly, year two for Brian Kelly. And Mike Norvell is just kind of gradually improving that program to uh, to uh, back to uh, – not to Bobby Bowden levels, but certainly more than respectability. LSU minus three, Paul. Yeah, you know, starting out, you're, t- you're talking about Mike Norvell at Florida State. This time last year, a lot of people there were probably uh, putting him on the hot seat. You know, they were probably calling for, for Deion Sanders or, or some other replacement. But what a difference a year makes. Jimmy, I love both these teams, first of all. I've got in my power rankings, I've got LSU uh, power ranked at uh, number five, Florida State at number 10. So I really like both these teams. But you look at this LSU team, Brian Kelly in his second year as head coach, Jaden Daniels in his second year as the starting quarterback. Uh, we both remember the, the opener last year there in New Orleans that you mentioned. You know, for the first three quarters, Daniels was pretty much the entire offense for LSU. Uh, he had new teammates, didn't have a whole lot of playmakers, a young offensive line. I think this is a different uh, offense for LSU this year. As you mentioned, Jaden Daniels, one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the nation. Jordan Travis uh, of the same ilk. You know, they're, they're both uh, guys that can do it with their uh, arm and their feet as well. But this offensive line for LSU, last year it was young. This year it returns four full-time starters, another part-time starter. So you could even say they returned five starters on the offensive line. What was maybe a, a slight weakness last year, uh, will likely be a strength this year. Got a great left tackle and true sophomore Will Campbell. Return a 1,000-yard receiver in Malik Neighbors. Uh, I think they've got a budding superstar at tight end in uh, Mason Taylor. I mean, they're just weapons all over the field offensively. Then we'll switch our attention to defense. And LSU went into the portal and got some good people on defense, uh, most notably linebacker Omar Spates from Oregon State. He was a first-team all Pac-12 uh, conference selection last year, has over 300 career tackles. He started 39 career games, so he's played a lot of quality football at a high level. This portal edition, probably not getting as much attention, but i tell you, the pickup of West Virginia defensive tackle Jordan Jefferson, this guy can play. He had nine and a half tackles for loss last year for the Mountaineers, had three sacks, dropped back in coverage and broke up five mm-hmm. tackles. So you pair him with uh, Mikai Wingo and uh, Mason Smith, uh, the starting defensive tackles likely for the, the Tigers, and you got a really nice defensive tackle rotation, uh, and that's a big thing in today's college football. you got to have three or four really to be successful. This game, as you mentioned, is uh, in Orlando, but uh, I like that SEC pedigree that uh, LSU brings, a slightly better roster, uh, and as you mentioned, they're out to make amends for last year's uh, loss in Florida State, to Florida State, rather, in New Orleans. Minus three right now. It might even get to minus three and a half, so uh, get on it when you can. LSU minus three over Florida State, uh, Labor Day Sunday there in Orlando. 
All right, uh, another great uh, non-conference game, and this is a return visit. It was in Columbus last year. Now they go to South Bend. This will be week four we're looking at, but Ohio State is eight on the road at Notre Dame. You talk about Notre Dame, and they, they finished strong uh, last year after a slow start. But Sam Hartman, man, I mean, averaged 300 yards a game passing the last two seasons in Winston-Salem. And, man, when you can do it with a limited roster at a a, limit, uh, a limited resource type of program like Wake Forest, it catches my attention. Now, the interesting thing is how they try and shape that unique sort of, you know, amoeba protection with uh, Hartman that they ran at uh, Wake Forest. So we'll see about that. But what a pickup uh, for Notre Dame uh, at quarterback may open things up. They were they were in need of improvement there, and they are as improved as anybody at that position all um, in the whole country. As far as Ohio State, talking about the trigger man, Stroud's gone. Just about everybody else returns uh, for this Buckeye crew. Maybe Ohio State and Georgia, the best rosters uh, coming into this 2023 season. Irish getting eight at home week four in South Bend. Yeah, you know, uh, you're talking about Ohio State's quarterback situation with C.J. Stroud off to the NFL, going to have a first-time uh, starting quarterback there for the Buckeyes, most likely Kyle McCord. Uh, he's thrown a total of 58 career passes, mostly in mop-up duty over the last two seasons. This trip to South Bend in Week 4, it's going to be his first really true test in my mind. Uh, they open at Indiana, then they host uh, Young Youngstown State and uh, Western Kentucky, so uh, this is going to be a, a new environment for him, a, a new challenge. Certainly Ohio State with all those offensive weapons, Henderson at running back, a, a wide receiver core that is clearly the best in the nation. They're a top three or a top four team starting the season, you know, any way you slice it. But again, I just believe this is a tricky spot uh, going to uh, South Bend uh, in week four with a, a quarterback who, frankly, is still a little bit wet behind the ears. So this is going to be a new experience for him. On the other sideline, as you mentioned, uh, Notre Dame, to put it uh, mildly, they've lacked big-time quarterback play in recent years. That's really held them back. And in today's college football, you've got to have that quarterback. Uh, and Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest transfer, I know they're expecting big things from him. He absolutely elevates the level of play at that critical position, brings a wealth of experience, uh, a wealth of uh, production to, uh, to South Bend. He threw for almost 13,000 career yards in five seasons at Wake Forest. So this is his sixth collegiate season, made 45 starts career uh, at Wake Forest. And he's a guy who also adds a running dimension. He's rushed for a total of 856 yards during his career. So he can run the football a little bit. This is going to be a night game on national television there in week four. Uh, Notre Dame, again, much improved at quarterback. And if you look at that game last year, as you remember, Notre Dame traveled to Columbus and played Ohio State in the season opener as a 16-and-a-half-point underdog. Notre Dame, if you recall, they actually led that game 10-7 to at the half. Ohio State ends up winning the game 21-10. to uh, Notre Dame gets the, uh, the cover. You look at last year as an underdog, uh, Notre Dame covered four or five under first-year head coach uh, Marcus Freeman in the role of the underdog. I think the Irish are going to keep this within a touchdown. I like Notre Dame plus eight over Ohio State in week four. 
playing a little bit deeper uh, because they played in that opening week uh, last week uh, in Columbus. Uh, so playing in week four uh, this year. Let's get to some of the win totals and let's start off in the American and start off with the defending champs. And it's a big deal for Tulane and Willie Fritz to get that uh, conference championship uh, before they lost some of the heavyweights uh, to the Big 12. And they, they got it done. And then, of course, the Cotton Bowl victory against uh, USC was <laughs> was unbelievable, as good of a bowl game uh, as there was. Uh, Tajay Spears is gone, though, uh, 1,600 yards. Uh, he is gone, seven yards of rush and 19 TDs, and basically 200 yards rushing the last three games uh, coming down the stretch. But uh, the quarterback, uh, Pratt, is back, but also Willie Fritz is back. And Tulane, when they hired him, I was, I was like, that's a fortunate hire. That's a good get for them. He's a little bit older, so maybe if he was maybe 10 years younger, somebody would have scooped him up already. He did get uh, offered the Georgia Tech job, but wanted to uh, wanted to focus on that Cotton Bowl victory uh, against uh, USC. So the American, like we said, the, the, the schedule is lighter, not as strong, but whoo, history. They're trying to buck history in a big way. Are the Greenies in this one? They don't have a whole lot of back-to-back -back winning seasons. They don't have especially nine wins. The total is nine at Bet Rivers, two lanes win total. Yeah, I mean, you made a lot of great points there. Uh, you know, first of all, they go 2-10 and 10 in 2021. And then last year, like you uh, highlighted, they win the American Athletic Conference. They win 10 regular season games. Uh, they go 12-2 and two on the season after uh, coming from behind to defeat Southern Cal 46-45 there in the uh, Cotton Bowl. As you mentioned, probably, you know, one of the very best uh, games in the entire bowl season. But as I like to say, Jimmy, uh, that was then and this is now, and it's a little bit different season. And you mentioned one of the main reasons it's different, uh, and that's the loss of Ty J. Spears' uh, third-round uh, selection in this past April's NFL draft. Guy's just a big-time talent. You know, Rushford, as you said, almost 1,600 yards last year, seven yards a carry. Uh, you count his touchdown receptions. He accounted for a total of 21 touchdowns. So that's a lot of production that's just not going to be replaced even by committee. Then defensively, the Green Wave, they lose their top five tacklers. So they lose some talent in production on defense as well. Those losses include linebackers Dorian Williams and Nick Anderson, uh, they were, you know, multi-year starters, real productive guys. They combined during their career there at Tulane for a total of 599 tackles. So you're talking about 600 tackles out the door uh, between those guys. Some of that production will be replaced. Uh, the leadership component will be more difficult to replace, however. And then I've got a couple of things on Tulane as well, which I kind of define as potential regression to the mean type items. You look at their offense last year, they averaged 34.8 points per game against FBS opponents. So 35 points a game offensively versus FBS teams. That was 11 more points than they averaged in 2021. And then defensively, they allowed 23.9 points per game last year against the FBS. That was, an 11, that was 11 and a half points fewer uh, than the previous year. You would expect that since they only won two games in 2021. Uh, but that still, I think that's going to, you know, come back to the field a little bit. Tulane was also plus five last year in the turnover differential category. They were plus two in what we call net close games, uh, those being games decided by seven or fewer points. 
And now for kind of the kicker, and you kind of touched on it, before last season, so not counting last year, the last time prior to the 2022 season that Tulane won more than seven games in the regular season was way back in 1998. And, you know, that team went 12-0, and Sean King at quarterback, uh, a team for the ages there at Tulane. So they went 23 straight seasons before last year from 1999 through 2021, never winning more than seven regular season games. So I like this uh, under nine here. You can get it there at Bet Rivers uh, at even money. So Tulane to remain under their win total of nine. Uh, at even money there at Bet Rivers. That was Tommy Bowden's uh, team that uh, went uh, 12 and 0. He did not coach the bowl game, the uh, the Liberty Bowl against BYU. Was Rich Rodriguez, who was uh, just did a, was really really instrumental uh, on that staff as uh, he co- was the interim coach up in Memphis for the win against BYU. Of course, Clemson uh, grabbed Bowden, Rodriguez, and plenty other uh, of that staff. So uh, Tulane, not as bad as that Ida affected team that storm uh, displaced affected team in 2021 and maybe not as strong as last year's team as well nine is a high total i'll have to tell you this paul i don't think tulane's win total has ever been nine ever i mean we cut i mean i just don't remember it uh at all all right let's go to the pac 12 and another uh coach it's uh young in his tenure there and that is dan lanning at eugene and you noticed a little bit of a difference. They wanted to be a little bit more physical. They were not quite as finesse-oriented. Now their roster was not quite there just yet. But it um, they had a solid year. And I thought uh, Bo Nix looked uh, kind of comfortable, a little bit more comfortable uh, in this offense uh, as well. You know, but I thought it would be a, a good matchup. I think he liked uh, getting away from those SEC defenses uh, just as well. The first one they faced against Georgia, it was a disaster. And then he had uh, a lot more smooth sailing the rest of the way against those Pac-12 defenses. The total is nine and a half uh, at Bet Rivers. So Nix is back, Lanning is back, and they do return uh, a number of um, a majority of starters. Interesting little non-conference game in Lubbock at Texas Tech. Speaking of the Red Raiders, that's a young coach who's returning who has a little momentum built, and they have a host of returning starters as well, as you're well aware of. Oregon, their total at Bet Rivers is nine and a half. Yeah, and, you know, first of all, I like this Oregon team. I think they're going to be a really good team, but they got to win 10 games to go over the total. Uh, in uh, this Pac-12, they have improved the last couple of years. There's not uh, as many easy outs as there used to be in that league. So, look, first of all, the personnel losses, they lose four starting linemen. And like you said, they got a lot of people back, but they lose four starting offensive linemen off last year's team. And then defensively, they lose, you know, talented performers at all three levels of the defense as well uh, with Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback, who was the 17th overall pick uh, in the NFL draft, being the most most notable of those uh, losses. Uh, They dipped heavily into the portal to address those losses. Uh, but it always remains to be seen uh, whether those new faces will collectively uh, match or exceed the play of the old ones. And again, certainly Oregon has a lot of reasons for optimism. You mentioned Bo Nix, fifth-year quarterback. He had more than 4,000 yards of total offense last year uh, in his first season in Eugene. Uh, But again, they got to win 10 games to go over the total. And you and I oftentimes, Jimmy, think alike. A lot of the lead-in information that you provide is exactly what I'm going to talk about. And one of the reasons 
for my uh, recommendation here, the under nine and a half wins is indeed that week two trip to the South Plains of Texas. Uh, currently, you can, you can um, you know, I would make Oregon about a three and a half point favorite in that game. But it's always tricky going into uh, Lubbock, Texas. The Red Raiders got a, a quarterback uh, returning, actually have two quarterbacks returning, one of those being Tyler Schuff. Uh, who started his career there at Oregon. Uh, Joey McGuire, really high on him, thinks he can be a, a first-round type draft choice. I don't know if he's got that kind of talent that McGuire speaks of him uh, in that fashion. I think this game will have a little bit extra meaning for Tyler Schuff. And then they've got uh, Baron Morton as a backup there, so they've got the luxury of two uh, outstanding quarterbacks. I'll say it here. I've said it before uh, already in this preseason – but I like the Red Raiders to pull the mild upset there in Lubbock uh, and defeat uh, Oregon in week two. Looking further at the Oregon schedule, they got to travel to Washington and Utah. I have those teams power ranked the same as Oregon, so they stand to be an underdog of about a field goal or so in both those games. Final three weeks of the regular season, they got to travel to, or first of all, they got to host Southern Cal, uh, and then they uh, are going to also host Oregon State at Alton Stadium there in the final three weeks of the regular season. So those are not some uh, – obviously Southern Cal's not an easy out, and Oregon State uh, is not either. Offense not going to be a problem, but they gave up 28.5 points per game last year against FBS uh, opponents, showed a little bit of vulnerability versus the pass. Uh, I just think this, this total is just a little bit too high. Uh, Oregon under 9.5 uh, there at Bet Rivers at minus 125. Texas Tech and Lubbock is uh, they don't have uh, Texas or Texas A&M's budget, okay, and they're fighting, uh, you know, being a little bit displaced, you know, in West Texas. But I do like, you know, sort of this as they brought in McGuire and this kind of this Texas high school all-star coaching staff. Um, hey, man, in the transfer portal, man, they established it first. I think it was like seventy-five thousand. Boom, NIL uh, pay you get from one to eighty-five on your team across the board, and so. Uh, they, they had a plan. They stuck with it. And, man, they also – they won a lot of games last year, Paul, with basically a revolving door due to injury at the quarterback position uh, last year. So, um, man, when you can – as teams progress in year one, and you can see, man, that year two as far as uh, under a new coach. And I thought McGuire, it was a, kind of creating some stable, uh, you know, stable, uh, you know, foundation. Uh, to move forward and to be competitive. And you know they're going to be fired up when the Ducks come to town uh, in uh, in Lubbock. No doubt about that. Well, speaking of losing four offensive line starters, there's losing four offensive line starters, and we stay in the Big 12, and then there's losing four senior offensive line starters. We talk about the Baylor Bears. And, you know, the Big 12 championship, remember, they had that they stopped Oklahoma State basically on the foot line on the last play of the game to get that one. And then um, you go into the Sugar Bowl, and we, we're gonna, we, it looks like it's going to be a heck of a game, but the Ole Miss starting quarterback goes down early, and that completely changed that game. So maybe that 12-2 and Sugar Bowl Big 12 championship season was a little bit uh, inflated for Dave Aranda. But then last year, six and seven uh, after it. So non-conference, they face Utah uh, at home, and then they also travel to Orlando to take on Central Florida. And again, they lose four 
offensive line seniors from last year. The Baylor Bears win total at Bet Rivers is seven under Dave Aranda. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that uh, the season 2021, a, a really nice season. And then last year, they, they finished six and seven, uh, four and five in the Big 12, lose their bowl game by a couple of touchdowns to Air Force. And I do. I've got a lot of respect. I think most people do. I've got a lot of respect, not only as a coach, but as a man for Dave Aranda. Uh, but frankly, you know, I just don't see a whole lot of reason to think that 2023 is going to be a whole lot different than 2022 for the Bears. You know, their quarterback, Blake Shapin from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, he can perhaps hold serve against the better teams on the Bears' schedule at quarterback, but he's not going to win you a whole lot of football games, in my opinion. They need to run the football and play great defense, in my opinion, to be really successful. And like you mentioned, they lose four veteran offensive linemen. Uh, and that's just, uh, you know, I, I think in, in our handicapping, if I would give a, a you know, single easy-to-digest pointer to the people listening, don't dismiss the offensive line when you're evaluating your teams in the preseason. I think it's the most uh, – might not be the most critical position group, but it's certainly close to it. That offensive engine to function properly doesn't matter how the quarterback, the skill position, they don't get as much notoriety, the big guys up front, but that offensive line's got to be uh, functioning properly and hitting on all c- cylinders. Uh, so I certainly uh, weigh heavily their loss of those veteran uh, offensive linemen. Uh, they gave up, uh, as you mentioned, in the very uh, uh, positive season of 2021. Defensively, they allow 19.2 points per game. Uh, last year, they give up 28.3. Uh, and they lose, you know, their best player, quite frankly, in the defensive uh, trenches in uh, Siaki uh, uh, Ikai there, who was a, a third-round pick. So just a lot of, a lot of person, uh, personnel losses. They got to rebuild their uh, their secondary as well. So I like Baylor to go under uh, their total there at Bet Rivers of seven at minus one twenty-seven. There you go. Four win totals and uh, lean to the under. I like that. To quote our buddy Randy McKay, uh, NFL handicapper, when he looks at uh, win totals, says usually the value is in the unders. And that's because you have a lot of casual bettors, a big chunk of it, that just go bet their team when they make their trip or they get on their mobile site uh, and make those bets. So usually the value is in the unders. And a couple of high-profile non-conference matchups that we look at. We're getting into uh, conference previews starting as early as next week. So Paul Stone will be with us. Bruce Marshall, uh, Vegas Insider, and CBS Sports Line will be with us as well. And we look forward to it. Uh, And, of course, when we get into the regular season, we'll have Paul's best bets uh, each and every week. Paul? I was going to say, I was going to give, and I don't know if we have time for it, but I was going to talk as well about Colorado. I'm sorry. There's transfer portal, happy uh, transformations in the roster, and then there's what's going on in Boulder, Colorado. I'm sorry, Paul. Paul, get get into it. You know, we got to give primetime some coverage here (laughs) because he's brought so much energy and enthusiasm to this this offseason. Uh, you know, a lot of people are betting the over three and a half. Currently, the line uh, you can bet the under three and a half there at Bet Rivers at minus 155. Uh, and, and Coach Prime, you know, he's just raised the excitement level there in Boulder uh, at a fever pitch, no question about it. They've sold, they sold out season tickets like two months ago, uh, wow. selling out season tickets for the first time in more than 30 years. Uh, you know, he's just using all these catchphrases, phrases, talking about you know, bringing his own luggage and we come in and just all that. 
And I think the locals <laughs> and apparently many betters are, are buying into it. And it does create excitement. And, and I like it. You know, I like energy. That's the passion that college football offers. The reason that I enjoy it maybe more than the NFL, there's just uh, so much of that type of stuff, extraneous stuff going on. But you see, Jimmy, in college football, I like to say there's approximately eight months most of the year, what I call talking time, where coaches are talking about everybody being bigger, everybody's stronger, everybody's buying in, uh, so forth and so on. And Coach Prime, man, he is good during talking time. But we're about to start uh, playing time. And, man, they got more than 60, it looks like more than 60 new players on their roster. He really cleaned house. I understand his uh, perspective of, of out with the old and in with the new. But I think he maybe should have kept a few of those guys on the roster. I heard the other day there are only 13 holdovers from the 2022 end-of-season roster. By the time the season starts, there might be 10 or fewer. So this is, you know, possibly – uh, the biggest probably is the biggest single season makeover uh, of a roster from one season to the next in college football uh, history. Again, pro- uh, you know, possibly more than 60 new players. Guys in the transfer portal, there's just not that many good players. He's got a lot of FCS players coming in, got a lot of Power Five guys coming in that weren't playing at their previous uh, location, and now they're going to come to Colorado, and certainly they'll make some contributions. And uh, to be clear, Sanders, the quarterback, his son, Travis Hunter, the wide receiver, defensive back, that guy was the number one recruit uh, in the whole nation in the class of 22, originally uh, signed with Dion there at Jackson State before transferring uh, to Colorado. Those guys can play with anybody, but I just don't think they have enough of them. Uh, I'm going to play. And you look at the schedule as well. That's another key component of any regular season win total handicap. They start the season at TCU Then they host Nebraska and Colorado State. They'll be favored against Colorado State. Go to Oregon, host USC at Arizona State. Then they'll host Stanford. I think that might be the only other game they'll be uh, favored in. So maybe only favored in two games. I certainly don't see four wins on this schedule. So under three and a half, heavily juiced, uh, but under three and a half, minus 155 at Bet Rivers is my recommendation. Yeah, Coach Prime brings uh, some much-needed uh, attention, spotlight, notoriety, whichever you prefer, to Boulder, Colorado. Um, and he knows he's not going to be, you know, he's not on a one-year deal. Um, but, man, this is this is a, a big hurdle to overcome. It's It could get really ugly uh, in year one with this massive uh, transformation. But his vision is to, you know, get better and better year two, three, and four. Uh, down the line. So we'll see. There's no – he gives them a chance long-term because he will garner the attention of some recruits that Colorado, which uh, otherwise would not uh, would not get a whole lot of attention. But year one, <laughs> this is going to be really, uh, really tough. Great stuff, Paul. We appreciate it. Also, we talked about the two-lane under. That was minus 125 just a day ago. It's even money right now uh, over at Bet River, so even a much better price uh, on that uh, greenie when told when total under. He's Paul Stone at Paul Stone Sports. I'm Jimmy Ott here in the Sports Better's Paradise YouTube channel on the Bet Rivers Network.